And we're recording, because we're fancy. It's us. Uh, the story goes, I'm Molly, this is Kieran. Hi, friends. We are from SA2020, and uh, we do this podcast in partnership with KLRN. Um, and it's kind of shifted a tiny bit in that we are very specifically talking to people and, organiz- and who work in organizations that have shifted the way that they're operating because of the current COVID-19 uh, pandemic, um, particularly here in San Antonio. Um, on our Zoom feed today, uh, we have Amir and Jean Russell, uh, Katrina from KLRN, and Liam, who is um, also with CAST, uh, and he is coming to us live from his parents' closet. The rest of us are coming live from various other closets random locations I'm quiet ha- spaces at <laughs> I'm, home. I'm happy that he got the memo that we do our podcast from the KLRN closet and it hasn't changed even though we're at home we're safely physically distancing we um educational institutions across San Antonio right now are really figuring out um various ways that they can still stay connected um and this is a first for our podcast in that we have um, Jean Russell back. Uh, you're the first person back after um, you'd already come and talked to us about cast. Um, and so thanks for being here. Again. Thanks for having us. We know because of the work that we're doing in the community that education consistently rises to the top as a priority for our community. Um, and it feels interesting that educational institutions are pivoting so quickly right, allowing for sort of um, social connectedness while being physically distant. Um, If anybody is interested in learning more about CAST, they can go back and listen to Gene Russell's podcast on CAST. But today we're specifically talking about CASA at CAST, which is something that you've recently launched in an effort to continuously lead with student voice, um, which is something that CAST has been uh, very good at doing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So um, we, as you stated, we really believe in students leading. So we try to put students at the center of everything. And w- one of our first questions we asked is, what, how are the students experiencing this time, which is honestly like nothing else any of us have ever experienced, even us old people in our lifetimes. So what is the experience like for students? And so we wanted to create a space where students could engage not entirely with us, but really with each other to share those stories of both like reflections, like this is how I'm processing, but also, uh, you know, entertaining or bright lights or, um, so, I mean, Liam is a perfect example of somebody who shared something that was humorous as opposed to something that was like, uh, you know, a reflection on the pandemic. So we're trying to create this opportunity for students to come together and share with each other rather than sharing necessarily with the adults. Yeah, you mentioned Liam, so I want to toss over to Liam. Uh, you were like one of the first people uh, from CAST, and there's multiple schools. You're at CAST Tech, right? Yes. And what grade are you in over there? Uh, I'm a junior. Over at CAST Tech, I would be interested, you posted a video and as Jean Russell was mentioning this like idea that it was less about the pandemic and more about books that you were reading. Can you talk about how come you posted something? Well, I, I saw, you know, when you're in the, seeing the news and seeing tel- on television, everything's about the pandemic. 
And I was just tired of seeing that. Of course, it's important. And I understand the goal of that is to try to stress the message of social distancing and things like that, because there's a lot of people that still aren't doing that. So I can understand the importance of that. But for me personally, I was just tired of hearing that because I already social distance. I'm already responsible. So it's not an issue for me. So I just wanted to do something that's not pandemic related. So I wanted to do something funny, which is review Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Um, the reason why I posted something and why I think I posted it so soon is just because I like to get everything done. I like to get a good grade. I like to get it done quick so I can go and do their stuff, I guess. That's a neat, yeah. Makes complete sense, no, Karen? And Liam, you're also, we know, right, as Molly mentioned, we're thinking very seriously about physical distancing and how that's different from still being plugged in and connected to our friends and our fam our extended family network. Um, so that sounds like it's exactly what you were able to do, right, to remain physically distant, but still plug into a larger conversation. Can you tell us more about your at home? Who are you home with? What does your um, distancing look like in your day to day right now? So I'm at home with my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister. It's a bit difficult for uh, doing school, um, even though I have a, I guess it's a medium size. For me, it seems like a kind of a large house, but when it's just with uh, my family, I, you get a bit of cabin fever, and I seem kind of seem kind of crammed in here. I don't. I seem I have to move around a lot to do my school because people seem to follow me. I know they don't, but they seem to do that. But it feels that way. Noise. It, it does. That way right now. Yes. It's like it's like a delusion that they're following me and trying to make noise. Hinder <laughs> uh, me from doing my school, right? But I still I'm still plugged in with uh with regards to doing school and uh having a social life, talking to my friends. I have a uh, Instagram group where I talk to a lot of my friends at school. I appreciate that your family. I, I I'm so glad that you said it because I I can tell you that my dogs are 100% following me around yeah. the house. Not, but <laughs> Mine might be a little bit different because it is true. The dogs are actually following me versus <laughs> you, you thinking it's true. Right. <laughs> um, I want to talk really quickly to Amir also. Amir, who is the um, do, doer of all the things at Cast Tech. <laughs> if that's not on your business card, it should be. Um, you're, I would be interested in knowing First of all, knowing that Cast Tech is such an interesting school already and that you've all gone virtual, I would think that for something like Cast Tech, how exciting it must be that you have to do everything virtually via tech right now. What are you hearing from students and how is this affecting school generally? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, I think the initial reaction was just us wrapping our heads around like what was happening and how you know, we sort of have the cast network, but we have the district and what the districts were saying and then what the local officials were saying and then what like the governor has now said. So it, it you know, it kind of took a minute to crystallize and then we, we, we realized, okay, this is the opportunity to really reinvent education the way that we think it should be for the 21st century. Um, and so that was kind of the, all right, get up off the mat moment that we had as a faculty, like, what can we do? You know, how can we be there for the kids? How can we create a sense of normalcy for the students um, through technology? And really that put us, we were at an advantage compared to a lot of schools because we are so tech uh, heavy. And we were able to deploy uh, devices and hotspots uh, to students that needed them and then really just get the entire ecosystem uh, up 
and, and running. It's still a work in progress, but I mean, it's, it's definitely off to a great start. Mayor, we've been thinking about this, about digital access and how that's affecting this moment for schools. Um, and so I would imagine that absolutely, like you said, CAS Schools has, has to think about um, not all of the kids that you work with um, necessarily have access at home. Can you tell us more about how you've been able to create those hotspots and make sure that the kids who need them have access to them? Yeah, absolutely. We um, First of all, we're really lucky to have a great uh, admin team. So Dr. Alcala, our principal, has been awesome leader during this time, and also our assistant principal, Mr. Barber, uh, who, by the way, is posting hilarious TikTok videos on Twitter, if you're not following. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's up at the campus and uh, a lot, you know, uh, to deploy that technology and make sure that, I mean, we had parents uh, driving up, you know, just like they would for picking up food, but they were being handed laptops and hotspots. Um, so that's been like, again, a huge uh, advantage that we've had. So we, as far as we know, there are no students uh, at Cast Tech who need uh, either a device or a hotspot that don't have one. In fact, um, you know, we've got everybody covered. We might even have a few extra hotspots, uh, which is good in case we, you know, something breaks, you have something to replace it with, so. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you're touching on this, and I think Jean as well as Liam, in terms of the importance of having access to information, and then also that information being um, critical to understanding what's happening in the crisis, and also just stuff that has nothing to do with the crisis, right, that we want to be sharing with one another as we're building community in this moment. So we have multiple high schools as well as a pre-K through 12 academy. And we sent out um, some ideas or prompts about different things people could submit. And then I, I believe Liam had a teacher who asked students to participate. So we, from the network perspective, this is optional. And the idea is to give, we believe it'll grow organically as students see their friends participating. There will be more of a desire to submit. And, and, uh, and non-CAST students are welcome to submit as well. There is a process before anything gets posted. So like if something sensitive comes in or something like that, we're having a conversation with the students and the campus leadership before we post it. But um, the idea is just to create a space for students who are living through this moment to offer their creative thoughts. And so Liam's is actually a little bit of an unusual one. I think it's really the only thing that was put up that was funny. And so we've had journal- Thank you. <laughs> 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 That's extra, those are, that's extra points, I think, is what I'm hearing. So, so we've had um, journal entries, like we had, we had a really beautiful letter that a young woman wrote to her grandmother, um, who's a healthcare worker, and it sounds like she is living alone with her, so she was both thanking her grandmother for providing her, but also, like, obviously concerned about her grandmother um, being in a field that's on the front lines right now. So we've had some of those kinds of entries. We've had students writing letters to friends to see how they're doing. And actually one of my favorite pieces is the artwork because we've had new artwork posted almost every day. And so I can start my day by going and sort of seeing um, some of the artistic expressions and um, they're super creative. Like I, I'm not gonna be able to describe them here, but some of the, like the pictures of, uh, creatures with masks on and different ways that students are kind of trying to, um, I guess, creatively address the, the coronavirus are, are pretty cool. And do so. we just go to what, castschools.com? How do yeah, we- we'll link to it on our main page. Uh -huh. Okay, so. perfect. So yeah, I want to make sure that we are sending people to it as well. I know that there have been like 19 entries so far, which is 
says that some people are clear, your students are clearly interested in sort of uh, getting involved in conveying what they're feeling and what they're going through. Um, I, I realize also that Liam has, I'm assuming you figured out now that you could have a show. That's <laughs> uh, what I'm hearing is that you should have your own show. Oh, thank you. Um, and I'm excited that we got to be the first one to interview you on that. It makes us like the Oprah to your TV show. So thank you for that. <laughs> what else are we missing, y'all? Like, what are what are the things that we should be thinking about as a community when it comes to youth voice right now? Well, I would I would add, you know, one of the other things that we have going for us at Cast Tech is is our mentoring program, which is up and running. Uh, we've got 50 mentors and 150 students involved. And that was in-person mentoring when we were obviously uh, pre-corona um, virus. And now that's happening through Zoom, which is awesome. So I know, Liam, you have a mentor, and I think y'all have been in contact, right? I know someone in our um, pod is trying to schedule a meeting. Sweet. Yeah, so, so that's great because now that's an extra touch point that students have to stay connected. And it's smaller, so they, they have three students in a mentoring pod with one mentor. Okay, that's awesome. Hey, I forgot, Liam, like right before we went on, if you're um, okay with uh, sharing, we now know that you have an internship lined up. Mm -hmm. You, you want to talk a little bit about it and just let us know what the internship is and who it's with? Yeah, it's a software development internship with HEB. What? So, Congrats. Very cool. That's kind of, wait, does it start now? It starts in June, late June, okay. I think. Okay, got it. And it's with HEB, who's who's like, who's HEB? Why aren't they just running? Who, who is that? What's that company? I've never <laughs> heard of that. Um, they're like doing so many things right now. Um, yeah. And I'm like, oh, as a software developer, that means that you're going to make my online experience when I'm getting all of my groceries better. That's what I'm hearing also. So Liam you will make my grocery cart shopping better and you will also have a tv show basically liam i'm asking you if i can borrow money right now i'm can i borrow money i need ten dollars <laughs> this turned sideways that, that turned sideways that, I shouldn't, I shouldn't it started off congratulatory okay. and really it's just hey i think you're gonna have more money ten dollars yeah i mean ten bucks it's fine $10. liam do you have a sense i, I don't of have paypal so okay right. sorry you Need know social distancing i can't do that <laughs> social dis money distancing liam's yeah. doing it all i got it liam do you have a sense about what you'll be doing in that internship yet i know they told me to learn java i didn't know java so i started learning that very cool yeah you asked sort of about youth voice and leadership and i mean i guess i just want to land on that final point so we came back to HEB and, and our schools are, are designed by industry partners and so many of the companies we work with are actually the ones who are showing such um, resilience and leadership during this time, which I think is really powerful for young people who are connecting to them. But I guess, I mean, for me, what's so interesting about this time is that these are, we're basically handing this future over to these young people. Yeah. And so folks like Liam who are, you know, thinking about the pandemic, thinking about how they want to process the pandemic, and then potentially working for a company like HEB are the ones who are hopefully going to figure all this stuff out for us. So to me, that's the full circle piece right there. Love. Y'all, I appreciate so much that you came on and chatted with us about this work. We're um, going to be sort of ramping up the amount of podcasts that we're doing right now, um, mostly because we're just so excited by 
the people doing things in our community that are really like just meeting community need at this point. Um, and I agree with you, it is clear um, as an organization that thinks about the future all the time, it's clear we're gonna hand this over at some point um, and why not at least show them how it could be better and then let them show us how it will be better. Yeah, so I thank y'all so much for doing this, for coming on. Liam, I look forward to your next video. All you're right. Gonna, you're, you don't have a lot to do. I'm just saying. If you All need right. to get away from your family, create a video. That's it. That's true. As they're following you around. I would like to see a video of you sitting and just having your family continuously follow you. I'm just giving you an idea. I'm, idea. Just, I'm directing producing right now. It's fun. That could be a horror movie. I know. And we just have good music behind it. We'll chat later about more ideas. Thank you all so much. All right. uh, Cass, Thank you. They can go to castschools.com to figure out all the things. Since we're talking about all things education, we figured we'd shift over to our partners in this podcast, KLRN, and Katrina is going to tell us more about um, what KLRN is doing for parents and teachers um, and educational learning opportunities. Katrina, we know that the mission of KLRN is, of course, to be committed to lifelong learning, and that's not only on air, but it's also online and in person, right? Um, so because we're talking today more about education, we'd love to hear more from you about how has KLRN um, amplified the work that it's doing uh, while folks are physically distancing to be connected um, in light of the mission of the organization? Oh, absolutely. So, so, you know, it's funny because many people come to us and they're like, oh, I didn't even know that KLRN had an education department. And um, so unless you're in the education field or unless you have children in the system or unless you've brought your kids up on KLRN and PBS programming, you might not know that because we do a lot already, like outside of pandemic world. We do a lot with teachers and we do a lot with students and we do a lot um, in the classroom. So, and we've always sort of said that, that KLRN and PBS, it, we're America's largest classroom because everything that we have on air, chances are when you watch it, you're going to learn something, right? So it doesn't matter if you're five years old and you're on Sesame Street and you're trying to learn how to count. Or if you're 95 years old and you're watching a documentary about the Roosevelt, and seeing something about what happened during that era. You're, you're always gonna learn, 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 learn. That's what we've always been about. So when all of this started to unfold in the world, we realized that, hey, you know what? We already have processes in place. We already have content. We already have lesson plans. Let's make this easy for our teachers because, oh my goodness, I am a, I work at KLRN, so I know a lot about what goes on in the education world, but I'm also a parent of two kids and I and each of my kids has seven teachers and all of these teachers are sending all of these messages of all of the things that they're trying to do in there and I can't imagine what it's like in the edu education field right now and and the people on our education team at KLRN they're most of them are past educators so they've been in the classroom they know what it's like and they know what they need so we've all tried to put ourselves in the seat of the parent who's trying to work at home like myself and be a teacher at home and then we're also trying to put ourselves in the position of the teacher who is working from home scrambling to get their kids content the third element that we are constantly worried about and that we all continue to talk about is the families that do not have access to the internet so those are three groups and there and there are three groups that we've really tried to focus on 
on how we're going to help them individually. So, you know, in the teacher space, we have something, it's called KLRN's PBS Learning Media. It is an online platform that is um, full of content that takes PBS content, like the shows, like the nature, the Nova, whether you're learning about the mountains or polar bears or history or anything, it takes PBS Learning Media, what it does is it cuts up all of those videos into little bite-sized pieces that are perfect for a classroom. So they'll post those videos on the learning media platform, and then right along the side of that video, you'll see lesson plans that are aligned to the peak. You'll see activities that will work for your classroom um, that go along with that. So you can easily say to your children, watch this video, here's a lesson that goes with it, and here's an activity that goes along with it. Imagine that for almost every PBS program out there. It's robust, it's full of information, and it's what teachers can use that's really, really easy for them. And the beautiful thing about PBS Learning Media is that, um, again, I, I say that I'm getting a ton of emails from my kids' teachers. All of the, all of the uh, elements in Learning Media, they can be tapped right onto your Google Classroom or your Remind. App, the little app that teachers are using now to communicate with teachers. So it's all very interconnected. Mm. And it's so, so what we've tried to do here, A for teachers, is to say, look, this is what we've got going on for you. And this is how we can help just start here. And we've probably got you covered. So teachers are taking care. Parents, we, I mean, we get it. And, and, and we all get it. And we all have friends and we all have kids at home with us. And every single Zoom call that we're on, we're like, I hope you don't mind a kid in the background. I hope you don't mind a <laughs> a math question in the middle of our podcast that, you know, we're all dealing with the same thing. And, you know, KLRN already, we air a lot of programs uh, for early childhood development. So our programming from 6.30 in the morning until 4 o'clock in the afternoon is filled with programming for kids that aren't in daycare. Anyway, there and and so th those kids that they still need to be taught the alphabet and how to write and 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 we can't depend we can't expect grandparents or fr family friends and neighbors to know how to teach the kids to get them ready for school it's our goal to make sure that everybody is starting kindergarten at the same level so so you know we already fill our airwaves with programming for kids our kids programming in a fun and educational way don't tell the kids they're actually learning because they might not like that. They might turn it off, but they're actually learning. They're learning about science. They're learning about math. They're learning about reading. They're learning about nature. They're learning about um, outdoors and even programs now that we have like Xavier Riddle in the Secret Museum, they're learning about history. So these kids up until kindergarten are getting a ton of content already. And right now parents can just use that. So you can be like, I gotta go on this conference call. And then you put your kid in front of the smart stuff that PBS Kaler and are putting out. Um, and then you can join your conference call and they're like learning how to count. And when you come back, your kid counts. <laughs> that's right. And you didn't have that's to do right. anything. You just had to take your Zoom call. That's right. That's, ex that's exactly right. Katrina, we were speaking earlier with the folks over at Casa, at Casa Cast about the role of how much information we're receiving, right? We're inundated with information right now. And as you're talking about the resources that are available through KLRN, what's coming up for me is that it, how important it is that KLRN is such a trusted resource 
um, is such a trusted knowledge base in our community, right, and across the country. And it's something that's been deeply cultivated for decades. And so to know that we can go to KLRN for these resources and that the information is trustworthy is such a powerful thing at this moment. It, it feels plug and play. Was that, was that intentional? It was purposeful? It's, it's very plug and play. We have to be plug and play because I realized, and we all realize that if it is not plug and play and if it's not easy to find and easy to maneuver around, people will not use it. You could have the best product in the whole wide world, but if it's difficult to understand and if it's difficult to get to, people just aren't going to use it. And so why even put the time into it, right? But tying into what we were just talking about with Cass is that so not everybody has internet, right? And mm -hmm. so we're trying to figure that out. We Every single day, there's a conversation happening within our staff saying, how are we going to reach those families that don't have, that can't go to learning media and download a lesson plan or an activity or can't uh, watch this video online? So what we've done is we're starting with, uh, we've identified the four o'clock hour as a place for teachers to run to if they need it for the kids that don't have anything else. Because at four o'clock, we have started to air documentaries that are suitable for middle and high school students. And then online daily, we have a blog post filled with lesson plans and activities for middle schoolers and high schoolers to where a teacher can say, watch this science program on Jupiter today at four o'clock on KLRN, PBS, you do not need cable. And then I'm gonna give you a lesson that goes along with it. Every single video that we have at four o'clock is also available for free to watch online. So if a kid does have internet access or can't be available at four o'clock, they can go watch it online at their discretion at whatever time works for them, and then they can work with it. That's only the first step. I mean, we understand that there are teachers in schools and full classrooms that just can't do it, and we're continuously working to try to reach them. We know that we can use the power of broadcast to get to them, to get to many of them right now, but that doesn't mean that their household is conducive to being available at four o'clock. And that doesn't mean that every single situation that that's gonna work for, but that's the first step that we're taking. And every single day we're trying to figure out what more steps we can do to serve that population. I have a suggestion. If you, I mean. I'm ready, I'm writing. Can Big Bird deliver lesson plans? To houses across San Antonio. <laughs> just if I'm just saying, it's a. I, I'm just trying to offer suggestions for delivery. D Big Bird could take them to all the houses. Just doorstep delivery. Just doorstep obviously, delivery. obvious. It's so smart. There's there's kind of nothing I like more than a realistic solution, I, and that's okay. and that nailed it, nailed I, it. How, that's how I function. I'm very logical. I'll see. I'll see if he is free, and I'll see if everybody would answer the door when he goes knocking. You know, this very realistic solution is making me think that we're really also just generally underutilizing mascots right now. We are generally <laughs> underutilizing large feathered birds. <laughs> and any and any type of mascot. I'm just saying, you you have the the protective gear is already there. Also, oh, it's true. all there. Best idea. How do people find this content? 
So you can go right now. We are we are really trying to cover all the platforms with yes. it. So we do have, like I said, our broadcast in the middle of the day. We have spots running on air saying, "Hey, this is where you can watch our educational content, and this is how KLRN is helping you during you know during the four o'clock hour with your high school or middle school." That's one. Number two is that uh, on the front page of our website, we have a learn at home section that we have built um, in the last two weeks, and it includes a daily blog post that has lesson plans and activities that go along with a program for early childhood, a, a program for, uh, for elementary, and then a program for middle and high school. And it's a robust blog post that spells out exactly like when a parent does have a call, when a teacher does need a relief, they can say, hey, this is on at one o'clock mm -hmm. and your kid can watch this and here's all the lesson plans. So we do that every single day, Monday through Friday. Um, and, and then on our social media pages, when you follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and we're posting those blog posts and those educational uh, resources every single day. It's the first post of the day uh, for the parent who might be scrambling. I mean, we understand we're not going to solve all of the world's problems, but we're trying. We're and trying. I kind of think we're all trying. Yeah. And, and, and I think together, we, if, if we keep listening, the only thing we can do is just keep on listening to what people need and what teachers need. And then, um, and then we take it from there. Uh, I appreciate so much that uh, we started this off with you be, being like, you know, we all know who KLRN is, right? Like we've all seen a program or we still tune in to different documentaries and also that you're like, surprise, those of you who didn't know, here's our robust education system, <laughs> um, which I love so much. And I also appreciate this idea of like just listening and providing the thing that we can. Um, and what if we were all just doing that better? Right. So just. Just listen, listen and do. Oh, all day, every day. All of the resources that we talked about today on the Story Goes podcast are on uh, the website klrn.org slash the story goes. And while you're there, you just be clicking around and find all the education resources too. Yep. Karen, biggest takeaway from today? Just listen and do. That's a good one. <laughs>